0: Hey, thanks for coming back. This is part two of our episode on agape. If you missed part one, make sure you go back and catch it.
1: I've been on the receiving end. I've been on the giving end of that. And rather than accept no for an answer, the the person who is not loving that self-seeking thing, rather than accepting no, this kind of person will maneuver, investigate, and pursue to the point of twisting facts, looking for loopholes, putting words into people's mouths. Agape love is a corrective to all of that, because yes. it seeks what's best for the other person, not for ourselves.
0: You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit, because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage,
1: strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology. or Mental health meets spirituality.
0: Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Before we start the show, I have something to share with you. If you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness, the truth is anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness affecting 40 million adults in the United States every year alone. And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood and lacking companionship. This matters a lot because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all cause mortality by up to 30%. So I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions. Learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to DrMartinFletcher.com. That's Dr. spelled dr I'm not saying I don't feel pain and I don't care. I mean, I do, of course. But I have faith that something good's going to happen and, and, and that God's good.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and God can take a bad situation that is bad and make good come out of it
0: that's what I'm talking about yeah
1: that's exactly it yeah and that that's anti-pride that's anti me judging God me thinking I've got a better way you know Paul goes on to write a couple more things and this is still only half of it agape love does not boast and is not proud these are the twins they're kind of related they both stem from selfishness they're the flip side of jealousy jealousy is wanting what someone else has Bragging is trying to make others jealous of what we have. Oh,
0: okay, good.
1: Yeah, I get it now. John McCarthy said that.
0: Yeah, I was I was confused about that. I mean, like, how does love boast? I couldn't imagine, but that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's trying to make others jealous of what we have. Oh man! So it's the opposite of jealousy is boasting, and what I love about what the Bible talks about it is so practical. I love how when we first were getting to know each other, and you were coming with your psychology background and your advanced degrees and you said something to me which i always hoped was true but nobody had ever said it from your role when you said you know what i learned in psychology at the great universities is basically all in scripture
0: important things for sure man the yeah. methods are different you know of course sure. but it's psychologically true But we lose that because we've lost our ability, not all of us, but many of us to think abstractly and to think symbolically and to understand stories, right? We're looking for discrete pieces of information and advice. Well, some people do okay on that. You can access on that level. But when you start accessing it, just this agape thing, we've talked about this a bunch. It gets deeper and richer every time we work with it, right? But if you do follow the way, it's perfect health, man. It's relieves its way some things are higher than psychology and science right doesn't mean that they're not important but they dovetail perfectly well together you know psychology and science and um the way but the way is the highest thing that i've seen yet if you do it like you said it's like an instruction book. you have to follow the way this is the way
1: right i like how you said talking about spiritual disciplines you know like serving like giving like worshiping like praying you've tied the word discipline with the word disciple. Yes. Discipline, disciple. And a disciple, a disciple of Christ is one who puts discipline into continuing Christ's ministry, living like Christ, walking in his way. And and that's this whole agape thing that we are talking about, which I think would be an amazing solution in the midst of so many layers of of brokenness and injustice and challenge going on in our world. It's practical stuff. You know, it's That's like it. the lube on the engine. It buffers the friction. You know, kindness is like, is, is like meekness. It's like gentle strength. Kindness takes great strength. When you walk up to somebody, when you look around and you ask, how can I help? Those are like the four magic words and they're so powerful. One thing I've told my four kids was if you want to make a difference where you are employed, walk up to somebody when you have the time to say, how can I help? Yes. Those four words are like magic.
0: Agape, I said the thought, agape is transformational. It's it, like you say, it's creative. It is. It's the most creative thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what creation is that like we think, right? It's part of it. But it, it not only transforms the person, because the experience I've been talking to you about, that's, that was agape. It seemed to come from outside of me, yeah. though, because yeah. I'm not good at that. So, you know what I mean? We're not taught to be like that. But, it, but not only did it transform me, but it will transform relationships. So you, you meet that, that image that you had at the beginning of this podcast. was real powerful because ju- evil was juxtaposed with love. Mm -hmm. Right. And service and the qualities of love. But you and I both have had people who are like, like some, one of my patients yesterday, she's an elderly woman, man, she just went after me on something. But I met her with a sincere heart to understand and to have her restore her peace and it all it never fails. You're gonna say that later, but it it never fails. Eros fails all the time. As <laughs> a matter of fact, every single romantic relationship fails except for that last one. When she <laughs> says yeah, and she's just <laughs> foolish enough to marry me. Right? right. You know, that's the one that didn't fail. But agape never fails. It's transformational.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's one of the reasons I think it's transformational is because we're talking about love as a verb. Love is a verb. Love unexpressed, I would say, is not love.
0: I think not. I think you're, I think you're correct
1: in that. It's like castles in the sky. It's like, you know.
0: But we're going to be confused dreams. if we think that I'm just going to meet that man of my dreams, that woman of my dreams, and then she's going to solve every problem. And then when I stop feeling that feeling that I'm calling love because I get bored or something like that, and they, they stop doing it for me, then I don't love them anymore, and I'll go get another one. Right. They, That's not love, though. You're getting something else.
1: No. One of the things I talk to couples that I do premarital counseling with is, of course, there's the do unto others as they do unto you. But the world's view of marriage is it's a 50-50 relationship and you meet in the middle. And that can go for friendships and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be hard days where you can't give 50 And there's days where you can't give 40. There's some really bad days where you can't give 30 or 20. All you have to do is ask my wife, Lee, there's days I'm in the negative. Mm -hmm. Agape love is not a 50-50 relationship and you meet in the middle. Agape love is 100-100. So you're meeting the other person because it's an outflow the entire way. It's this outflow of love. Like you talk about compared to our emotions, we think of love as this warm thing in us. But agape love is this outpouring from us. So if you are looking for this kind of love, don't go looking for it. You don't go looking for agape love. You start producing it.
0: Well, you know, Chris, my buddy. Yeah. We have these types of conversations and he was telling me about some friends who were you know, talking about their marriages and they said, you know, there's this equality thing going, you know what I mean? Like, you know, fairness and equal and things like that. And, and, and I thought that like, look, an equal sign, right? An equation. Mm-hmm. That means what's on this side is the same as what's on this side, right? But I don't see it that way. I see it as that's two things. You're one thing when you join, yeah. and it's, it's complementary, right? So why would there be any competition unless there's separation?
1: Right. Well, the Bible talks about the two will become one flesh. Yes. That's exactly right. One of the things I've experienced is for marriages that struggle – it's people, they always say it's over money issues, you know, is the number one cause. But I think what it really leads to is trust issues. And where that comes from is when you are married, you no longer think of yourself as as a single person. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. One with the other person.
0: Right. And then you can be generous and you don't feel like you're getting, you know, what's the good word for it? Neglected or you're getting the short end of the stick. But I'll tell you what's before the money problems, because this has been studied. This isn't my Emphasis in mm-hmm. clinically, but I read some of the literature and it. The best predictor of a failed marriage, and, and, and the prediction is really high, very good at predicting this, is contempt. Uh, so contempt will show itself in money, you know, jealousy, selfishness, but it's always a contempt.
1: Mm-hmm. Say more about contempt. Is that an emotion?
0: Contempt is two emotions that come together. So it will be anger mixed with disgust. And I've heard and seen some horrible things that people say and do to each other in a relationship. Right. And, and that's exactly what is when, when it's hatred, mm-hmm. you know, anger is not hatred. We're, 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 we're told to be angry, but just don't do anything hateful. Right. Yeah. Right. Which sends the hate separation from God. Right. But when those two things mix it's cause I can't, uh, I can't imagine one situation where we would to show disgust to a person, another human being. No matter what they did, everybody's redeemable, no matter how awful it was, you know, in that moment, there's still something sacred about a human being. When we show contempt, that's the disgust. Disgust is like, all bad, kill it with fire, should not exist. There's not a a redeeming feature of this creature. That with anger, which is the active element of wanting to destroy or hurt. Right, but that is in marriages when you have the attitude that I'm not here to be good at what I'm doing. I ask people. I said, "How good do you want to be at a husband as a husband?" And I've had people go, "Let me think about that." I, honestly, I've had people say that, like, "Let me think about that." You went into a marriage with the idea that you don't want to be good at it. So then, what were you doing there? Wow! Imagine what'd you do it for then? See what you can get.
1: I don't know. Well, falling in love takes about ten seconds. Let's face it.
0: Falling in lust.
1: The, the only thing you need is a pulse, right? <laughs> yeah. Love's cultivated. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's really funny. Talking about beginning relationships or growing relationships, there's, there's the story of the bride, and she's with her dad. It's a classic wedding thing. And they're in the back of the church, and mm-hmm. she sees the groom up front, and she's starting to feel so nervous, like she's going to have a panic attack and collapse. And the pastor says, okay, just... Do this, look at the aisle and then look up the front of the church at the altar and then look at the groom, look at him. And so she starts out walking down the aisle with with her dad at her side and she just says to herself over, over and over, I'll alter him. (laughs) I'll alter
0: him. Oh
1: my. Yeah. Do a whole <laughs> show on
0: that attitude, right?
1: Oh my but- gosh. And you think of the promises you make on your wedding day. I promise to love, to care for you, to cherish you in sickness and in health. And they're only they're only possible when your heart is secure in God's love, in God's grace and God's care. A forgiven soul. And that's why, I mean, that's, that is what's so incredible about, about this, idea of the Christian worldview and the grace of God only a forgiven soul who knows grace personally and love actually can keep these promises and then we give these vows to each other like probably underneath the vows you're saying something like this I have a lot of terrific inner needs I have a lot of inner emptiness and debts to pay and I'm going to give you a marvelous opportunity to fill my grand Canyon and take care of me and then if you think that both partners are takers instead of givers
0: yeah those things just fly apart early usually but there's usually one that is trying to meet their needs by being the you know codependent caretaker and then you got right. the narcissistic I'll person i'll fix him yeah exactly yeah yeah
1: yeah love is a verb don't go looking for it start producing it yes and you'll be amazed what shows up in your life so where are we now this is good we are partway through There's a lot more to talk about. Let's do it, man. This is really love is patient. Love is kind. It is not, does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. Hold on.
0: That self seeking one, man. That's what we're talking about. Nobody remembers that when they remember patience and kindness and all that stuff at the front end of it. Yep. But that self-seeking thing, if you're in a marriage to get your needs met, now, now look, you have to have two people doing it though. Like you have to have two people good at it. You have to get really good at it yourself before you go out looking. And then, and I'm not talking about just romantic relationships, just any relationship. And then you have to be, surround yourself with people who are already good at it or getting better at it
1: that's why i'd say the best thing you could do would be to join a group not yeah a therapy group and there's plenty of terrific therapy groups and some of us need to work on specific things and so a therapy group is exactly it but in churches a lot of times they call them small groups or growth groups or home groups or things like that and it is in a community with the goal to grow in love to grow in your gift of love to grow in your ability to love and I think that I can, personally speaking, I cannot do that apart from leaning heavily, like all my weight, on on God revealed in Jesus and the fact that His Spirit could be in me. And that's who we call the Holy Spirit, and our cues on how to love are from Him, not from all the good and bad attempts that I've seen and all the movies I've watched. But we kind of equate love with all of those romance, you know, romantic comedies. All of it. And those are fun. But, but for me to love actually the way that I know I need to experience love, because you said it's an outward facing emotion.
0: Mm.
1: It's not something you just draw into yourselves, even though that's what we all think. We're all looking for love. But the way to look for love best is to start producing it as a verb in the community, in other people's lives, in an organization that where you can make a difference. Yes.
0: And then that way it's not
1: dependent upon your circumstances right or your feelings yeah just it's it's so much more than that and it hits every area of our lives and and it's confirmed in science in psychology the most famous prospective study on marriage meaning over decades following the same people through their lives the two things most needed were kindness and generosity
0: yeah was that the harvard study that like 50 year yeah that's a good study yeah.
1: kindness and generosity. And I hate to say it, but if you're leading a life with self seeking, your relationships, especially, most a lot of people in the help professions, let alone the psychologists, talk about, most marriages are laced with self seeking and and they're over. Love is not self seeking.
0: And then the resentment that comes when they can't meet every single need and desire that you have. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, because you got this grand canyon of emptiness that I'm waiting for you to fill my void instead of proactively loving, wanting the best for the other person. And then you add on top of that, love is I love how clear it is. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. In other words, if if you are or if your love is rude or self-seeking or easily angered, it's not love. That's right. In that moment. Think of so- that
0: people need to know that we're not saying oh you you're bad at it like it's a part it's what you do remember it's a verb so in those moments you've had loving moments and you've had some very bad moments that weren't loving at all right but then what you do is you just get gently get back on the path mm-hmm. humble yourself and go it's this is hard i'm getting better yeah. at it don't condemn yourself be patient with yourself right but dallas willard i i like him a lot he was a philosopher and psycho no psychologist like philosopher
1: theologian yeah
0: yeah, he was actually that too. But he made his bones in the university system, which made him rare. But he said, "Agape is the lifeline to the life of God. If we're putting all of our hopes and dreams into a human being, we're not looking high enough."
1: Wow, that's that's exactly it. We're called to love them around us. To, you know, God gives us people to practice with to love. With, to give of ourselves with, to give one way gifts of time, of generosity. A thought word indeed. Thought word indeed.
0: Yes. Okay, let's keep going. Let's get.
1: Love is not rude. The word for that is achimoneo, tactless, careless, inconsiderate of others. And here's the deal if you are, or if your love is rude or self seeking or easily angered, realize to yourself this is not love. If what you are receiving from another person is rude, self-seeking for them, easily angered, it's not love.
0: In that moment, you need to turn that thing back around, get back on the
1: path, right? That's right. And you need to know that the anger in the other person needs to stay in there. It doesn't need to leak into you.
0: But it never fails. Meet it with agape. I've done it before, man. Not all the time, but when I've done it, it does work. If you steadfastly stay on that course of that, it softens them up. It wins over the it good wins. over evil.
1: Yeah. And, and if that is coming at you, I always say kill them with kindness. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean ignore the problem, ignore the situation, ignore the conflict, but you can kill it. You can take the venom out of it yes. by, by treating them with love because love is patient and kind and all that. You could say kill it. With kill candy. it not yeah, kill that stuff coming at you. That with spirit. Sinus. right. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, Zeteo is self-seeking, scheming. It means self-seeking, scheming, and a manipulative. Love is not self-seeking. It is not scheming. It is not manipulative. And those of us who are not the aggressive kind of people, we can be just as controlling. Only we just think we're smarter, so we go around the side and we manipulate to get what we
0: passive aggressive behaviors like that which means okay i'm not feeling any love for you i'm gonna smile while i take a shot at you and then have some you know plausible deniability oh i didn't i didn't mean that no
1: but you sure did i've witnessed that personally i've been on the receiving end i've been on the giving end of that Um, and rather than accept no for an answer the the person who is not loving who is rude not self-seeking that self seeking thing rather than accepting, no, this kind of person will maneuver or in, investigate and pursue to the point of twisting facts, looking for loopholes, putting words into people's mouths, holding other people's responsibilities responsible for promises they never made. And they will leap on administrative mistakes to twist somebody's arm. Agape love is a corrective to all of that because yes. it seeks what's best for the other person, not for ourselves. So and it 's not easily angered, but the problem is some of us are all these things, and so what do we do doctor
0: well let's let's let 's give people a definition so love, if we want to take a look at it, and i won 't give you all the where I get this stuff from, but it 's not my ideas. We walk through the world, and agape is going to be acceptance. see that gets past all of that 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 nasty stuff, like pride and uh, self seeking and all that stuff it 's going to be acceptance, and it 's going to be a feeling of peace, which is how when we 're closest to god we 've got this peace. Okay, that can ratchet up into, you know, adoration, mixed with bliss, or it can just be this sort of trust. I trust in God. I've got this thing. Okay, I don't know if this is good or bad or not, but we do hold our peace because we are told to be very careful around anger. We'll need it sometimes. He gave it to us for a reason, but we don't need it nearly as much as we are seeing it right now. Because right now, the, the poisons that I'm seeing instead, like you mentioned, like all of this stuff with the election and all that kind of stuff that's out there right now. It's instead of agape, I'm seeing outrage, entitlement, and tribalism, okay? So I'm seeing the outrage, which is my pride of how dare somebody say that or do that, and that's not the way I would do it. Okay, so we've got that. And then we got entitlement instead of gratitude, right? Because the fact of the matter is, you know, we're privileged just to be born, right? Some people have more privileges, but we don't know if that's a privilege or a curse anyway. I don't judge it, right? Right. And then um, the last thing is tribalism, which divides us right mm-hmm. now when we look at these things those they're all names of satan of the enemy the divider the deceiver and the accuser that spirit shows up in different forms and takes us away from what god wants from us which is agape
1: yeah that's so powerful and it goes to the next point of what paul says in this first corinthians 13 beautiful writing when when he says love keeps no record of wrongs suffered against it no record
0: Okay, that's really good because I think that the perfect love that we're going for is going to involve sacrifice and forgiveness.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to sacrifice your list yes. that I'm holding against you. That's right. I have to sacrifice even that.
0: Uh, or, or more for me and less for you, mm-hmm. right? To be generous with, with time. And, and But if we don't forgive, and this is why Christ talked about it so much, we can't have agape because remember Paul sets this whole thing up. By, now I'm going to tell you the most excellent way. The highest way, the most excellent way. Do you want to follow it or not? Because I was in church. I won't mention the denomination or anything like that. It doesn't matter. But I never heard of agape, and I and I was never told that this is our goal. Yeah. I was told don't mess up, or something, <laughs> or where I told the goal was a uh, don't don't break these rules or you won't go to this place called heaven. But I was never told that this is the the, the project.
1: Right. And that you can live it here and you can experience like this foretaste of how it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And love keeps no record of wrongs suffered against it. Psalm 103, Psalm 103, verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions, our wrongs from us. As far as the east is from the west. That's an yes. infinite line. Yes, that's right. Isn't that amazing that they didn't say as far as the north is from the south? Because if you go north far enough, you'll start going south again. What? but you'll never, if you're going east, you'll never start going west. So as far as the east is from the west, sorry, that was really random.
0: So if I, so if I like go straight up in the air, I'm going to like meet myself? Around then... the planet.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. Around the planet. We... But
1: you can't go east and ever start going west. Yeah. As far as the east is the west, God has removed our transgressions from us. Once our sins are under the the old school way of saying it is the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice. That means the sacrifice and the agape love of Jesus. God separates you from them forever. But the record of offenses that I have against you helps me win my battle against you. That's what's going on inside yeah. so many of us. If this record of wrongs done against me keeps me from being hurt again by other people. But C.S. Lewis, who's my favorite guy to quote, you know, mm-hmm. he says this, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart's going to be Wrung or possibly broken. And if you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements, which we're talking agape love. That's, you're going to get entangled with people and people's lives. But what, he, what, what his whole point is is like, if you want to experience love, it means your heart's going to be broken. And, and hurt because you keep no record of wrongs suffered against it. But once that happens, there's this freedom that comes with it. To love is to be vulnerable. And that makes me ask myself, is there anybody right now that I'm holding hostage in my mind because of what they did to me?
0: Mm. Have you forgiven everyone?
1: I think I have. There's some people that I have, I have forgiven, but I'm not reconciled with
0: yeah that's not part of the plan though or the that's agreement. separate we don't have to reconcile and
1: no god does there are people who have harmed me that god's like no you don't need to hang around you don't need to be a doormat you don't have to to get back into a relationship with that person but you need to forgive them if i don't forgive them it's like i'm still wanting something from them and how sick is that
0: that's what we do sometimes i think that the real test for forgiveness and we did a whole show on this people can listen to is i don't want anything bad to happen to them even to make them grovel to me you know what i mean i just don't like you said want anything they're free we're I'm done free and they're free yeah doesn't mean that i'm gonna have you over anytime soon but you know you're free i'm free you can become something new now i can become something new now
1: yeah yeah it's like bolt cutters because yeah. otherwise, if I don't forgive you, I'm going to always be chained to you, mm-hmm. wanting something, even if it's just acknowledgement right. that you hurt me.
0: I think also being able to still feel that peace that we talked about with love, at least that level of I don't get ramped up when I think about that period or that event yeah, you know, or that person.
1: Yeah. And, and that's kind of what one of the things you've said to me in the past. You, you Love is a verb. You feel it by doing it not by going and looking for it and waiting to receive it. There's one more on this list though okay. and it says this. Love agape love does not delight in evil but it rejoices with the truth.
0: Okay, what does that look like in our world today? Who who delights in evil and re- I've got my
1: ideas but I want to hear yours. Oh man, rejoicing in evil is a powerful thought. I guess it makes me ask what am I delighting in? How much of it is like a gray area in me that's not really gray, if I'm honest with myself?
0: Maybe watching someone take revenge on someone else?
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I caught myself yesterday on videos. I guess it started via Facebook. And it's all these sick videos of people backing into other people and then denying they did it, you know, (sighs) with somebody with their camera on it. And, And it led to another video and another video and another video. And I was like, ah.
0: And yeah, I wanted and to see
1: this person look stupid and foolish yeah. and hurt uh-huh. and get caught. And it was like I was, in a way, I, I'd given up my senses. I I was delighting in evil instead of not delighting in
0: evil. Well, you had half of it, right? I mean, we do need justice, but we need mercy to be with the justice, right? right. Uh, 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 but But look, what you're talking about is like, look, this is going to happen to us. You know, lead us not into temptation. There's a temptation to do that, and then before you harmed yourself or the world, you corrected it.
1: Yeah, I turned it off, but a little too late.
0: Uh, you know, we're practicing. It's tough. Don't let's not
1: lie to I'm ourselves. I'm not beating myself up. I, just I know.
0: But I'm saying this. I know you well enough to know you're not. But I'm saying this for people who might be listening to it. Mm-hmm right? Because we can so easily slip into doing these things, horrible things to ourselves that we would have never done to other people. We need just as much grace and mercy for ourselves. And then watch how you start to treat people. Because when you really know the value of being nice to yourself, you just tend to be a nicer person to other people.
1: I totally agree. Love does not delight in evil within myself, within other people, within hanging on to stuff. Here's something interesting, though, I've (laughs) realized in my life, I'm a horrible joke teller, but I think I'm pretty funny. You're funny. At least I think I am. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. One thing God's done in my life is transform my sense of humor. My sense of humor has shifted quite a lot. I used, I used to laugh at other people's expense. Mm-hmm. I used to have some pretty good put-downs, and I've realized they're just wrong. And I don't rejoice in that. I want to rejoice. I don't want to rejoice in that. I don't want to re- take any part in when people are rejoicing in the wrong stuff. I want to rejoice in the truth
0: that happened to me too i'm just not sarcastic anymore right i don't like sorry i used to love sarcasm Mm -hmm. and i don't think there's anything at face probably wrong with it but i just don't like it anymore
1: yeah it can be a little more dangerous yeah
0: and i don't like crude jokes anymore i used to i don't like them anymore Mm
1: -hmm. you know what's interesting just as i look at this list and i know this sounds like preachy or pastory but you could substitute jesus name in for the word love. If God is love, Jesus Christ, fully God. And you could say Jesus is patient. When you read the Gospels, these ancient accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four different accounts that all hang together. You could say Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. He is not proud. Jesus is not rude. He's not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. He doesn't delight in evil, but he rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails. And here's what my prayer would be for you and for me and for everybody who's with us, is that at the end of the day, we could look back on our day, you know, as you're lying there, hopefully unplugged, and and I want to challenge you and myself, could I substitute my own name in for the word love?
0: Mm, that's a great meditation, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I would, I would reflect at the end of my day, have I been patient? Have I been kind, not jealous or boastful or arrogant or rude? Have I been selfish or angered easily? Have I been counting up the wrongs suffered against me? Have I been rejoicing in bad stuff or in the truth? And my prayer at the end of the day, at the end of every day, would be when we look at our love in action, that I would be able to answer, yes, thanks be to God.
0: That's, that's very good. I'm going to do that, matter of fact.
1: Why don't we pray that right now? Yes, let's do. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are love. Thank you that you are patient and kind and not jealous, that you don't remember wrong suffered against it. You're not out being self-seeking, but you're rejoicing with truth and not with evil. God, I pray, I confess that I'm not all that. And I, I confess before you, Lord, that you know that full well and you love me infinitely. And that you know that full well about every single one of us. And you love us infinitely. But you also don't force yourself on us. And yet we need more love. And, and we go looking for love. And, and when we say love, most of the time we're, feeling, we're talking about being loved not giving love. And yet, like Marty's reminded me, love is an outward emotion. And so I pray, God, that you would make love a verb in my life and that I wouldn't go out looking for love, but I would start acting it. I would start producing it because you've given us that, that Holy Spirit. Even for those of us who are maybe not in a full relationship with you, we can be, we can be that creative. Because we can love. We were created. We were designed that way. Body, mind, spirit, loving. And so I prayed, Lord, that you would enable us to look back on our day, this day, and and reflect. Have I been patient and kind and not jealous or boastful or arrogant or rude? Have I been selfish? Have I been angered easily? Have I been counting the wrongs? Have I been rejoicing in the bad stuff? Or have I been rejoicing in the truth? Lord, by your power, in us, my prayer would be, yes. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit
0: because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage,
1: strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology. Or...
0: Mental health meets
1: spirituality.
0: Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast.